Welcome to another edition of the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, and this week is bowl week, so strap on your seatbelt, grab your ticket, get on board, because this train is about to take you on a journey. Like I said, this is bowl week, so we're going to bring you up to date on the bowl games that have been played and the bowl games that are yet to come. So stay tuned to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. That episode is coming up next. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. Welcome to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. This is episode number 98, and guess what I did? I got my boy... All the way down there in Aggieville, home of the Kansas State Wildcats, Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah, what's up? Yeah. Rick Thomas, man, it's almost time to say Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year to you, man. We're getting getting close, aren't we? I'm I'm just kind of chill taking it easy tonight, just, you know, because it's one of them wild, wacky years. I don't need to be out amongst a huge lot of people tonight. I'm okay with that. I'm just kind of chilling. What are you up to? I'm at home. I'm actually doing a late night podcast. And yes, we're being recorded right now as we speak. And you know what I want to do? I want to jump. I want to jump into this right now. So we, we I got some highlights right here. So let's check this out. All right. If it'll play. Now, I'm going to pause my audio right there because, ladies and gentlemen, Rick can't hear my audio. But what I'm playing for y'all right now is the aftermath of what took place between Mississippi State and Tulsa. Yeah, I saw some of that. I saw some of the video. I didn't see it live, but I saw yeah, I saw some of the streaming online. Uh, and, the re- right. and the reason yeah. I'm bringing this up, this is my lead-in because some might not have seen I think what instigated this whole thing. And these are my comments. These are my opinions. And an opinion is just like a butthole. Everybody has one. Yeah. Need I say anymore? Okay. This game started out chippy from the beginning during warm-ups before the players was even in pads. Now, Tulsa legitimately should be in a bowl game. Sure. Mississippi State was one of those three and seven teams. They're from the SEC, and I think they've heard all the comments about what is a 3-7 and team doing in a bowl. So I think they are the ones that instigated this whole thing from the start before the pads were even on because they've heard all the press, they've heard all the talk, so they figured, you know what, we got to go out here and flex and make a statement. Well, yeah, I mean, it was like a powder keg waiting 
Twix Blow. So I'm going to play some more of these highlights here. Okay. Of a game that we just had that wrapped up this Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. Chris Cottermar, Kirschlick, and Fitzsimmons is down on the field. Both of these teams came back together. And it got ugly, Mark. Fist of cuffs were thrown. Both of these benches, not only did they, I mean, they were cleared because they were meeting in midfield to shake hands, but it went all the way down to the far end zone. Yeah, I mean, this turned into a, a brawl. And, you know, this wasn't pushing and shoving that we saw before the game. I mean, there were punches thrown. There was an intent to injure people. I mean, it, it, this is the type of situation where you are hoping that these players are able to walk away. These coaches are able to walk away with no one seriously injured. The coach is trying to separate the team. State troopers on the field. This is the aftermath of what just took place moments ago as the coaches met at midfield and we were signing off. It got ugly in a hurry. Here's what it looked like. And this right is the here, coaches for both teams desperately trying to keep things these teams apart. Oh yeah. I mean, look at that. I mean, th those are those are real punches being thrown. That's Malik Heath, number four for Mississippi State. Daniel Martin is into it with number seven for Tulsa. Yeah, is, he has his helmet off. He's taking actual punches to the head. So, Slick Rick. Yeah, you know what? I couldn't really hear any of that. I, I, I know. Uh, Carvana, the company who know, invented Carvana. Uh, you couldn't hear it. That's why I'm going to have to let my listening audience know when this is being published that you can hear that. But to see the highlights of it, uh, the kid from Mississippi, from Mississippi State that did the karate kick <laughs> yeah. and it took off running like a little. I, there are just words I just can't say because I know there are people that will listen to my podcast and be like, I am sure, appalled sure. at what you be saying. So I have to keep it clean, you know what I mean? Well, but no, I hear you. I hear you I got Mississippi State, I think they came out from the onset of the game because they were one of those teams just like who else is it? There's another team with a two and nine record that got invited to play in a bowl game. And I think that's just a travesty that the bowl committees would do that. Because my my whole thing is we got to see Army play. They should have been in a bowl game automatically as opposed to uh, well, we have to find a bowl to put them in, but you can find a place for a three and seventeen, and a two and nineteen. Come on. Well, look, let me. I have, okay, I have two, before I get into the. Okay, I have two questions. Number one, I didn't see the outcome of the. Who won that game? What was the final? Mississippi game? State won the game twenty six twenty four. So good ball game. Number two, and here's the point. Here's the thing that I I have to think. You know, they really don't have a lot of. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. There's not a lot of moxie in being upset because people question your three and seven record. Of course, they're going to question that. Why wouldn't you? What you know, three and seven going into a bowl, you've got to expect that kind of pushback. Yeah, there, of course, people are going to say, "What do you know? How come these guys are in a bowl game? They're three and seven. I don't know why that would be upsetting to them in the, in the sense that that's expected. Um, it sounds like they went out there and handled their business, and what they should have you know, just, just you know what? That's how you. That's how you quiet the critics. Go out and handle your you don't have to get all chippy. Just get out there and handle your business. At the end of the day, you can say, look, we proved we deserve to be there. We won. Regardless if it was by two points or not, win to win. We, I mean, obviously, we were good enough to play that game. You know, had they gone out and lost by two points or even two touchdowns, 
different story. Um, but do I do I agree? I don't think that the, the, the chippiness, there's no point in that because you've got to expect that kind of pushback when you're three and seven. It's you win the NFC East with seven games. If the Dallas Cowboys get into the playoffs, they're going to get pushback. I mean, whoever wins the NFC East is going to get pushback because you're going to have a, the, the, there's going to be people, lots of them that are going to say, they're two games under 500. They shouldn't be in the postseason. That's life. That's going to happen. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah but it, 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 it question was, to you is what was the decision making process? And I should know this right off hand, but why? Why were they in there at three and seven? Just because they're an SEC school? Is that, I, 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 I you, you know, I could not figure out for the life of me why. I mean, this is something we've never seen before. Teams with these bad of records actually in the bowl, teams like that usually sit at home. So that's something you have to ask these bowl committees. Why did you do that? I mean, I get it. Teams opted out. I get that. But you're telling me you couldn't find somebody at least with a 500 record as opposed to a three and seven record. And one team was in with the two and nine record. I forgot who it was, but a team. uh, Heck, even Arkansas was in a bowl, but I think their game got canceled, I, I think. Well, you know, here's the thing. Like, I, I would understand it from the business side of it. If this was, if we, if we were COVID-free and you could pack those stands with fans on both sides, I get the money angle. I get that. If it's a scenario where they're like, okay, we get it. These teams are three and seven. This team, blah blah blah. But you know, X amount of dollars are going to come in as a result of this, and these kids are going to have something to talk about. But there, but that's not what we're dealing with here with COVID. That's not. You know, you've got empty stand. I mean, yes, I'm sure they had a limited amount of fans in, but it, it, nothing like they would have had. So I don't get it at all. I really don't. I don't understand that. It, it boggles my mind. Mine too. So, have you had the opportunity to check out any bowl games thus far? Yeah, um, I, I, Oklahoma last night. I, I, you know, I was really pleasantly surprised on behalf of the Big 12 that they went in there and handled Florida like they did. Because I, I really thought that was going to be a closer game. If anything, I, thought, I kind of thought Florida might beat them. I, Oklahoma owned them. They just flat out. Rolled them. I mean, and think about, think about the history of that. Oklahoma, if I recall correctly, was it 65, They went into one of the bigger bowl games of Florida and just got their rear ends handed to them. And and you heard everybody say, well, that's what happens. Big 12 gets there with the SEC. Well, Big 12 not doing so bad right now. You know? Right. I mean, Oklahoma State won their game. Uh, I think West Virginia took it on the chin against Army today. It was a close game. No, it was, it was a close no, competitive West game. West Virginia beat Army today. They beat them. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, West Virginia beat them. I mean, it was it came down to the final minute and a half, but they okay. did beat them. They held on and won. Texas beat Colorado, and you couldn't help but kind of get goosebumps watching Texas Colorado because those are two former. Well, one is a former Big Twelve folks, so you kind of got that reminiscing on oh the days of the Big Twelve. Well, you know, there's, you know, and, and, and there is something to be said. And I'm old school, kind of like you. We're both old school guys, right? Um, but, you know, when I think about Big Twelve, I go back to the Big Eight days. Big Eight days, when, yeah. Oh, when, when, when remember when Oklahoma Nebraska was the biggest rivalry this side of New York City? <laughs> Seriously, remember how big that was at one point? I, I get it. Nebraska's in the you know Big Ten now. Yeah. But there was a time, and any of the kiddos listening to this podcast won't. They don't because they weren't around for. This they weren't time. around, right? There's a time in you and I's time when you people waited all year for that game. Man, you know, there were certain games that I look forward to, and don't ask me why I had a root interest in those games, but there was three games that I had an interest in growing up. OU Nebraska. 
Florida State think. against Miami. I don't okay. know what I took a route. And, and for some reason, I always chose Florida State to beat Miami. And then as the guy going, I really couldn't stand Miami because of their antics. And the other game was the battle out in California. USC against UCLA. And huge. I think it was something about the uniforms that I liked of UCLA, that light blue and gold. I just love that uniform scheme. Those, those were big games back in the day. And, you know, and a lot of, and there's another thing, too. If you want to get old school, there was a time, and you know this, it wasn't really all that long ago, but it's been a minute when USC was a powerhouse program. Yeah. It was a time when they competed for national championships. And I'm not saying they'll never do that again, but they've certainly fallen out the last, I don't know, decade or so. Well, they have not been the same since Pete Carroll. Yeah. And he, I think Pete Carroll knew what was going on, so he said, I'm coming back to the NFL. Sure, sure. So, Rick, tell me something. Rick, tell me something. Because I know we're in bowl weekend. Everybody's all in tune to the bowls. But what is going on with Kansas State? What? Who is Kansas State's basketball identity? They've lost some games that they've had no you know, business it, losing. It, it, it's been rough. I, you know, they, they, they had a big – I'll tell you, the, the, the other night, I was, who was it they were playing? Uh, I, they won on the last – Omaha. University. Yeah, was, I mean, that was fun. That was, that was kind of a glimmer of something. Hopefully, maybe they'll start turning some things around. I don't know. I, You know, I, I'll tell you, they, they came out of the gate really slow. I mean, what were they, one and four at one point, I believe? Or were they it, – it, you know, and they're finally at 500 now. I, the schedule's going to get rougher as they get into conference play. It's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. <laughs> Um, we just we just take it a game at a time. That's all we can do, you know. So, so are are the people pretty much giving Bruce Weber a pass due to the circumstances that we're in? Or are they or do no. they have their hand on the button? Like they okay, got on the button. Oh yeah, we, there's a lot of beefing going on. There's a lot of beefing. Oh yeah, so, and I don't care if you're you're big. You know, if you're K State, you know, you know, there's always that excuse. Well, K State's a football school. Blah, blah. You know, you're a Big Twelve program, and things are expected of you. And, and, you know, nobody expects, you know, K-State to hit the final four this year, but they certainly are. There's certainly an expectation of better. Players. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be losing to Washburn's or Emporia no. States that they shouldn't no. be doing. No. 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 So. Uh, so let, let me ask this question. Would, would they be willing and hey, we can have fun with this? Would they be willing to entertain? Greg Marshall. You know. It's hard for me to say. Maybe not this freshly off his scenario. And, and, and I don't know what his situation is legally either because he's still getting paid by WSU, right? But is it? But is he freed up? Is he, you know, because if they're paying him, what is it, bi-weekly, every two weeks, every, you know, by whatever, twice a month? I don't know what it is, but I know he, on a yearly yeah. basis he's getting like one point something million a year until that's paid so out. I wonder if that contract keeps him off on the bench, so to speak, until that contract expires. I don't know how that works for sure. He's free to work. I don't know. Can he go to work somewhere else tomorrow? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure on that. Yeah, I don't know how that work either, but I could probably find out, and we can always rehash this conversation. Absolutely, but, absolutely. I think this fresh off of what what has happened there, whether or not we agree or disagree on, on the reasoning as far as the, the parting ways, you know, whether or not you know, these acclamations were legitimate or not. The fact of the matter is it, it's not. It's just it's a fresh wound that hasn't healed enough yet. I don't know that that would be something that they would consider anytime soon. Now, a couple of years down the road, I can see that door open. I can see that happen. So, you know? 
So how tight is that leash right now on wherever? I know that I know it has to be a tight, very tight leash. And if they don't perform, and Big Twelve is not is not the easiest league to rebound in. No, no, it's it's a tough it's a tough league. I mean, Big Twelve is not just a football conference. I mean, there's a lot of quality basketball here. We all know this. I mean, of course, Kansas, you know, of course, has been dominant over the years, but they're they're not exactly you know you've got you know. Oklahoma is no slouch. Texas is no slouch. I mean, you've got some quality programs. And, in, 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 you know, so I, you know, if you're asking me how tight is that leash, I, I'm judging purely on what I hear fans. You know, me, you know, down in Aggieville when those games are going on and I've been down there, I hear a lot of upset fans that are not happy with what's going on with, you know, and it's too bad because I think Bruce Weber's a good guy. I don't think he's a bad coach. I don't, I think he does the best he can with what he has. But you're right, what you said a second ago. You can't lose to these. Uh, you know, lower conference teams like that. You just can't do that. Not can't do that. No, no, you can't. And you know, not if you want to hang around long. You certainly can. Well, I tell you what, I have right now. I have some scores. So let me give some scores real quick. Uh, okay, and then and then before I get, I want to talk NFL for a second. But go ahead. Okay. Well, to bring you up to date on some scores, y'all. Uh, Ball State. Handled number 22-ranked San Jose State by a score of 34-13. Top performance in that game, Nick Starkle, San Jose State, 25-42 for 268 yards, one TD. Top rusher in the game, Will Jones from Ball State, 22 carries, 89 yards, one TD. Top receiver, Johannes Tyler, Ball State, four receptions, 103 yards, one TD. Uh, The game that you heard some of the bad highlights from, Number 24, Tulsa, goes down to defeat against Mississippi State by a score of 28-26. Also on the big ticker here, West Virginia pulled it out, making the Big 12 look good. So that's why the Big 12 is undefeated in bowl games this year. Yeah. Knocking off the cadets from Army by a score of 24-21. Top performance in that game. Jarrett Dodge, West Virginia University, 15 and 25, 459 yards and one TD. Top rusher, Tyre Tyler from Army, 24 carries, 76 yards, three TDs. And top receiver, TJ Simmons, West Virginia University, four receptions, 56 yards and two TDs. We'll get back to some more scores, but right now, Rick wants to talk a little bit of NFL. Let's talk NFL in one brief second, touching on what you're talking about college football bowls over quick. I do think Oklahoma made a strong statement in 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 that we need to we need to get this playoff field to eight teams. Now I'm not saying that just because of Oklahoma, but let's be honest. They, they, you know, you go in and handle Florida the way they did. That's the strong enough. The only loss Oklahoma had this year, correct me if I'm wrong, was to uh, K State. I think that was it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So so why you can't have an eight team playoff? You know, I mean, if, I don't know. I just, I think I, you made a strong statement. I, I, I have another theory. You're saying eight. I'm gonna say twelve, and I'm gonna oh, tell you. I'm, I'm gonna tell you. With. I'm gonna tell you why. Because you give the top four teams, give them a bye, and you let teams five through twelve play it out. It's gonna be single like elimination anyway. So, which means I, you know what? That's a good idea. I like that idea. So basically, what, what that means is whoever wins those games. Then they're going to face teams one through four. And the season is still going to be over sometime in mid to late January. People talk, I've heard some people say, well, if you do that, it's going to carry into February. Not necessarily. No, no, it doesn't. You're right. I I like that idea a lot, actually. 
I really do. I'm with you on that. And then that way, the regular season will actually mean something because now you know, hey, I really got to play. We really have to play. But at the same time, it'll give teams like a Cincinnati an opportunity. Because tell yeah. me something, especially in the state of Ohio, I'm pretty sure right now they'd be chomping at the bits to see a game between Cincinnati and oh, Ohio great. State. It'd be great. It'd be great. And, and, and I hear the people say, you know, well, you get the, you get the, and there's fewer naysayers than you, but there are still naysayers about the, about expanding the playoff field. And the, 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 all the, the golden excuse they always go to is, well, but, you know, you'll get these teams that, that shouldn't, they can't match up against one of these top fours, and they'll just get beat. Well, let's find out. How do you know that? You don't know that. Let's find out. You know what they're you know? right. You know what they're really saying. They're really saying what they're really saying without saying it is this right here, and they're going back in history. They're saying they don't want to see another Boise State, Oklahoma. And every time you bring it up, Oklahoma fans cringe. So I'm pretty sure there's some <laughs> Oklahoma fans that hear this podcast, and they're gonna be like, "You just had to play that card, didn't you?" Well, the reality of it is, you're not until they expand the playoff. You're not going to see a team outside the Power Five. Ever, yeah, I said ever, and I know they say never say never, but you will never ever see a team outside the power five crack the college football playoff unless they expand it or this right here happens. Schools from a power five they start scheduling teams like a Cincinnati. Why come they don't do that? Because it's just like Wichita State playing KU, they always use the same lame brain excuse it wouldn't profit us nothing to play them, and if we lost them, we lose everything. Yeah, that's yeah. why you play the game, and then that's as Herm Edwards say, you play to win the game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, the National Football League. This is interesting to me because we've never seen anything like this. Twenty twenty with with the COVID and all of that, how it's affected professional athletics on, on the, at the level of the National Football League. We've never seen this. This is, and what I'm getting at, and, and this is this is going to be very controversial, and then there's nothing that's going to be able to be done about it. Nobody's going to be able to change it. But I promise you, you're going to see teams that are going to come out and say because of the new rules that they're implementing for the playoffs. And what I mean by the new rules is the policy with COVID. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this. The NFL has come out and said, okay, well, the playoffs are set in stone. We can't move games, COVID or not. If you've got 10 players out, too bad. We're playing. That's how it works. And because, and I understand that because logistically, how do you move games around in the playoffs? You really, you kind of can't. But if you're one of these teams that missed the playoffs this year by one game, by one loss, and, and you, you track that back, you go, well, that loss was because we had to, you know, shuffle players around and we had to move this game to a certain day. And, you, you know, but now in the playoffs, they're not making them do it. How is this right? We got screwed. How is this right? Because, you know what, if we'd have been playing by that same policy all year, we might have won that. You know what I'm saying? It's interesting. Absolutely. And <laughs> and, and you, my biggest thing, I've been blowing the whistle on, and, you know, as much as you and me both are Dallas Cowboy fans, I'm pretty yeah, sure I you mean, can. To, I'm pretty sure you can. On the shelf on this, but go ahead. I'm pretty sure you can agree with me on this, or maybe slightly agree, and then there'll probably be some disagreement. Okay. Okay. But let's look at the teams in the NFC totally that have winning records. Okay. Let's look at that sure. first. Okay. The NFL with their brilliant idea, as if they didn't learn from the year that Seattle went into the playoffs with a seven-nine record, because they owe won their division, okay? Yeah. To me, you rewarding a team with a sub-500 record, a playoff spot because they win their division, and their division is so weak that they're weaker than medicated cotton. You want to award them a playoff berth? At best, what you're doing is giving them a participation trophy 
to to me, which I think that is a slap in the face of the game of football and it's taking away a spot from a team that deserves to be in the playoff that actually has a winning record. I mean, I, I mean, think about it. This, the Cardinals right now are playing for their playoff life. If they lose this game, they're pretty much out. But I bet you they got a record better than any team in the NFC least. Yeah, well, in the NFC least, well, most most NFL teams do now, right now. But you know, in in it's it's here's the thing. You, you look at what they're doing. I don't think it's right that they not only do they get in, they get a home game. That's that's you know for crying out loud, they get, they get in and they get a home game. The playoffs because they won their division. How is that even remotely right when you're seven and nine? This drives me nuts. I know I know their reason. And, and, but I'm not saying it's right. But the reasoning is because of, of ratings, and they want to keep somebody from every district part of the country in there to some degree. I, I, but you know what? Quit, That's uh-huh. bull crap. <laughs> Which to me, I think it's now time for the NFL to implement a rankings system. Sure. You, you don't have to eliminate playoff spots. Right. You don't it's eliminate true. playoff spots, but you can rank teams – and basically, you go eight from the NFC, eight from the AFC. Best records. Just the best best records. records. Exactly. Now, you're going to get into that argument, though. And this is and that is a valid argument. It's a valid point. Somebody can, is always going to wave, wave that red flag and say, hold on, hold your horses. Because if we're in a tough division, you know, and that's just, you know, we have to play. You know, if we're in a division that has two good teams in it out of the four, you know, us being one of them. We have to play that other good team twice, you know, plus a, a couple of maybe one of those other teams is mm, average. It's not fair when you've got a, somebody that's in a division with three teams that are not nearly as good and they're going to beat up on them all year and build a better record. That's what you get into with all that. I still agree with you. Don't get me wrong, but that's the only argument that he has any kind of water at all is the divisional strength argument. Absolutely. I mean, that's it. Other than that, I can't think of any, you know, it, I, I think this is it, this year in particular is a shining example. I don't think anybody in the NFC should get into the, the playoffs I, because when you look at that division, you they cannot argue that they're well, you know, you, you Cowboys can't sit there and argue that, well, yeah, but we had to play the Eagles. So, well, so you, the Eagles, Giants, Reds, because they're not. I mean, look at their records. <laughs> they're not, you Absolutely. Should, you know. You can't blame your friend, you know, your seven and nine on the fact that they, because those teams, you know, if the, if the Eagles and, and the Redskins were sitting there with nine and 10 wins prospectively, then maybe you could make that argument, but that's not, that's not what we're seeing. Exactly. We're seeing that, you know? Yeah. One of my coworkers, he's a Seattle Seahawks fan. And he told me, he said, you know, if Dallas is a winner division and gets into the playoffs, he says, I'm going to stop watching football. You know, my, you know, yeah. you know what my response to him was? I said, you're a Seattle yeah. Seahawks fan, right? Yeah. He said, yep. I said, uh, well, then you should have stopped watching football when the Seattle Seahawks went into the playoff with the 79 record. <laughs> he looked yeah. at me, he yeah. said, okay, I'll give you that. You got a point there. I now, said, I know I do. Well, you do have a point. But let me tell you this. Here's something interesting to The flip side of all this is the flip side of the coin is, he, 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 yes, I'm a Cowboys fan, but this is not me being biased towards it. This is, I mean, think about this for a second. Dallas, you know, football is a game that is not about records necessarily on it. It's about who's playing better that day and at that time or that week or whatever. And you got to think they have heated up in the last three games. They are all of a sudden on a roll. And if they find themselves winning that division this weekend, 
the, I perceive a strong possibility that they're going to knock somebody out of the playoffs when they get into playoffs. I'm not saying they go to Super Bowl by any means, but I can see them coming out and getting because of the fact that they're just they're heating up all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Why I don't know, but they are. Okay. Now look here, I got three minutes roughly left on this segment, okay, but I want to bring up something that you brought up. We was texting each other, and you said that Philadelphia hates Dallas so much they'll probably tank and lose to I, Washington. You know what? I, but I, stand, I, I believe they could. But I, I want to bring okay. some. I want to bring something else out to you that I heard on national talk radio, and from what I'm hearing, Philly is not going to tank. As a matter of fact, Philly has a pride thing, and the last thing they want to do is be known as the team that had someone hang a division crown on them so word has it philly is going out with all the intents on spoiling washington's parade well and i hope so and i don't say i don't say i hope so because i'm a cowboys fan i I hope so because that's good football that's what we want to see you know we don't want to see anybody tanked but i just you know how that rivalry is and you know how these are philadelphia fans booed michael Irvin when he ended his career with a broken collarbone yeah well he's playing there on the field Matter matter of fact, they threw batteries at Santa Claus. So I, I honestly would not think that that they're above it. I don't think they're above saying, you know, we'll lay down just so Dallas doesn't get in. (laughs) Oh, they'll do a Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash title match thing, huh? (laughs) I'm just saying. We'll see. I hope I'm dead wrong. I really do. I hope I'm dead, dead wrong. We'll see. All right. Well. I'm going to bring this segment to a close. How, how much time do you have on your hand, Rick? I'm fine. I'm good to go. Good. Boy, I got as much time as you need. Well, I'll Come tell on, you man. what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring this segment to an end. So after these brief words, I will be back on the other side for my next segment. And guess what? I'm holding Slick Rick hostage. So stay tuned <laughs> to the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. I'll be back with you momentarily. Uh-oh. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. We'll get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Want to enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels. Light, medium, and heavy. Only at www.kakeybums.com That's www.c-a-k-e-y-b-u-m-s.com www.cakeybums.com to enhance your workout with the resistance bands that everyone is talking about. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. Welcome back to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. I do have a passenger on board. His name is Rick Thomas. And let me just tell you something about Rick. 
Rick has his own podcast. It's called Running the Table. I've even had the privilege a few times before he went podcasting, had a live radio show. I've had the opportunity to sit at the table. Oh, I love having you. I love having you. We'll do it again soon. So one of these days, he's going to come back to Wichita. I'm going to go to Manhattan. Yeah. Whichever one we'll, comes we'll, first. Uh, we'll hook up and we'll do some live stuff out of Aggieville during game day. It'll be a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to do it like we used to do it at the studio. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is my 98th episode, folks. have to let y'all know that. And I am planning on some things. This this right here, what I'm doing, just a taste of it because I might not have no big headlines. I just might interview people. And it might be a two-hour episode because for your 100th episode, you have to do something big. And I've already reached out to Mark Potter, former Newman basketball coach. That would be a great guest to have. It would be awesome. And he said, just give him a call. So I'm happy and elated. I've reached out to Scott Styles, and I told him when I get close to the 100th episode, he said, just give him a call. So Scotty's awesome. He's great. I've had him on a couple of times. So He's great. Scotty, Mark, I might even go ahead and reach back out to my other good friend, football coach Steve Martin, Northwest sure. Grizzlies. Because sure. but before we get I, – I, I wanted to get back into the NFL for a second because well, it's, yeah. it's interesting. With the, there's a lot of – there's so much going on there with the playoffs coming up. And it's interesting to me that we're seeing some teams – you know, what do you think – okay, what, let me ask you this. What do you think of these uh, two, two teams, two football teams that are interesting, how they've stayed off the radar until the last couple of weeks? I don't know, but the Buffalo Bills are interesting to me right now. And the Miami Dolphins are both. What, okay, what's in the water in Miami? What's with it? Because if you remember, if I recall correctly, last year they were just god-awful. I mean, they were just they couldn't go, they couldn't bio in last year. And all of a sudden they're reaching out and trying to get into that postseason. I don't know where what, is, I, it Tua? is it Tua? Is it Tua I, magic? I think what I magic? think what it is is it's it's the fact that the players actually have confidence in the coach and that he's gonna lead them the right lead them in the right direction. Granted, yeah. at best, Miami pretty much is still playing with two quarterbacks. Tua and Ryan Fitzmagic or Fitzpatrick. Or if they let him play too long, it could be Ryan Fitztragic. It's true. That's just it. It's you just don't know. You just don't know. But the thing the thing that's unique about Miami is the fact that they do have confidence in their rookie quarterback to a tug of Viola. They have confidence in that. And even when he's struggling they still have confidence and they're steady encouraging them, but they also know that they have Fitzpatrick and they know he could take them so far. Now, I don't look for them to make no deep run in the playoffs. No, I don't either. But uh, they they but may be able to win last... one. They may be able to win one game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the team that everybody should be concerned about, and I'm gonna say this to Kansas City fans, you better watch out for Buffalo. Hey, you better believe it. You better believe it. And you know what? I've said now. I'm not. I'm not tooting my own horn. But I said that six weeks ago when I saw. I watched. I said. I. You know. I said this team's young. They're hungry. They. they that Allen kid is really slinging that. He's chucking it. He's got some weapons now. And that defense. They're just flat out mean. They got teeth. <laughs> I mean, they come at you from every angle. I. You're right. If, if you know Kansas City's not going to have a soft ride into the big one this year. They, you know they're going to have. They're going to run into Buffalo. Right. It's going to be a ball game. Let's let's talk about a game of interest. I know around here there is some interest in this game right here. 
Uh, I'll give you a hint. Big Ben is not playing. Uh, is there any reason for him to play? Pittsburgh's already they, they can't improve their scenario, can right? They? So okay, and, and so, who, are they, who are they? They got Baltimore. Who do they have this week? Uh, they 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 have Mason Rudolph starting, and they're going back to the scene. I shouldn't Cleveland. say it like this, but they're going back to the scene of the helmet crime. Yeah, Cleveland, Cleveland, and. and, and 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 I you know and and you know when you when you know, that was such a big that was just and it was a horrific story last year you know it wasn't I mean this wasn't something the NFL it was a black guy in the NFL so you know, it was an ugly ugly right incident. so I don't, I don't believe and again I, and I don't want to dwell on this but I I don't believe um I I don't know who started that right I'm not buying but, I'm not buying the story that he threw a racial slur and here's right. why I'm not buying here's why I'm not buying and I'm not because I think Mason Rudolph is a good guy or anything I don't even know the guy I never met him but. I, the reason I'm not buying that is because it came along a little too late in the game. If he would have said something like that, that would have gotten into that locker room immediately. And we would have heard about that that night. I promise you. Something like that doesn't just get covered up all of a sudden and then come out three days later. If something like that happens. You and I both, and maybe you don't agree with me, but I'm just telling you, you and I, you, you have to know. Something like that happens. You're, you, we're going to, in today's world, with Twitter, with Instagram, with with Facebook, with you know what whatever we're gonna know, we're something's gonna leak quickly because that's not that's a bomb, you know. I don't believe that that happened. I believe that there was probably there was obviously words said, and I don't know who started what. Right. I don't know, but I don't I don't believe that he went there at all. I don't know. But, what are your thoughts? But here, but here's what's so interesting about this game, all right? The fact that it's Mason Rudolph starting yeah. goes back to the scene of the incident. Mm-hmm. Cleveland has to win. Yeah. Pittsburgh really doesn't have to win, but because of the history, especially yeah. last year's history, sure. How poetic justice would it be? Because if you remember, I do believe Cleveland ended up winning that game anyway. Yeah. So can you imagine the poetic justice of Mason Rudolph goes back to Cleveland, the scene of the yeah. crime, yeah, and squeaks out a victory over Cleveland, thus sending them home. And not making the playoffs, you know. And, and it's, it, 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 but you know, here's. But but my heart kind of leans towards. I want to see Cleveland get in, and it, not only because just because they're Cleveland, and you know how long has it been. But not only that, it, go back to our NFC least argument a second ago. Why the hell should some seven and nine team get in and not Cleveland? I that bothers me. Yeah, I, I want to see Cleveland get in. I do. Absolutely. So you know, I'm actually I I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm actually going to be rooting for Cleveland to win this yeah. game. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, I you know what? It's been a while, my friend. I mean, okay, think, think about it. I said, I'm I'm a world. You you and I are both about the same age. I remember when the dog pound in Cleveland. You know, that's oh, that's right. Man. Cleveland was that's you know the last time they were anything to be concerned about. It's cool to see that kind of come back. Not necessarily the dog pound in defense, but just Cleveland means something. You have some relevance all of a sudden. That's it. Yep. So, do you think, since we're talking NFL, and we're going to get back to college. Okay, all right, all right. Because, you know, I want to talk about that brawl a little bit more. Okay. Because there are some things that happened after the brawl, once they got everything died down. The things that went on in the locker room, mainly of Mississippi State, which is why I come, I go back and say, I believe they started this whole thing from the beginning of the game till it ended. But, Let's talk a little bit of NFL, a little bit more, because uh, 
there are some scenarios being thrown out to where people are already penciling in Green Bay against Kansas City. Do you think Andy Reid is doing the right thing by benching his starters this week to letting them heal up a little bit? Is that why he's doing it? Because I don't know what the what the, the exact injury protocol where they're at with that. I don't. I I've never been a fan of benching starters. Now I I, I understand benching them. I understand taking them out at the first half. But I but I think I think it's like a like an engine in a vehicle. You've got to run that thing every week. You've got to keep it. You can't let it. They'll get rusty. They will get rusty when you. I I don't like sitting starters. You've got they've got to they've got to have that game day injection once a week to stay fresh. That's just my. Now again, I don't coach in the NFL. That's just what I think. I don't know. You know, Andy Reid has forgotten more about football than I know. That's just my opinion. Right. Because I mean, I, I get it. Kansas City doesn't need this win. It doesn't matter to them. They're either, you know, they've already solidified the number one seed. But I just don't like, like I said, you know, when you leave a car set too long, it doesn't want to start up right away after it's been sitting there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, I mean, don't have to play him the whole game. Get get some series in there. Put yeah, get some get some reps. Right, get some reps. Yeah, keep reps, that yeah. keep that edge on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, I, in, I, now in the Ben Roethlisberger situation, that I can kind of understand, due to the fact that they were the victims of COVID. But what it was, they lost their bye week. Yeah. So I can understand because when you look at the whole landscape behind Ben Roethlisberger, anyway. He's no spring chicken. This He's no spring chicken. Thirty-nine years old, coming off of surgery from last year, anyway. Yeah, and this yeah. is probably his last season. He's pretty much said he. I think he's indicated that he's going to hang it up. Mm, that I think there remains to be seen. Well, he, you know, I don't know if you've been following any of his stuff on social media. He's made he's made references to uh, he has he doesn't feel like he's had a, a year that he should. He doesn't feel like he's playing at the level that he should, and he's kind of indicated that there might be a sign that it's time to say goodbye to the game. I don't know. We'll see. How many times have we played that same song and dance with Ben? <laughs> yeah, I know. But I won't yeah, believe man. it. I won't believe it until it actually happens. It has to be breaking news that just makes the whole world stand still. Said <laughs> Big Ben has hung up his cleats. Well, he said at the beginning of the season, he talked about how he thought about retiring before this season, and then he saw the team that they he had. He saw the team that they had, and yeah. it kind of rejuvenated him a little bit, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, what did he see? He said he knew this was something special going on, and he wanted to make a run one last run. Yeah. And, you know, and their defense has been keeping him in game. Now, I will say this. He's played better the last couple of games. He's coming around. He's coming along. I mean, you know, it, I'll well, tell you, though, I've seen I've seen enough of, them, of, of their games early in the season, or even in the midway through the season, where Ben wasn't – he was misreading some pattern. You know, he was chucking balls like 10 yards over people's heads. He's not the same old big man. Right. Now, that doesn't mean that he Kinda, can't get it together yeah. for a good cause on a certain day. Maybe he can. He is still big Ben. Right. He kind of got his mojo back against Indianapolis because they went to mm-hmm. that little losing game skid, and everybody wrote yeah. them off when they came up against Indianapolis, and they rediscovered themselves, so. Well, ben has something left. Another team that could Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh and Tennessee are both teams that could be a potential big thorn in the side of Kansas City. They really are because of their defense. Defense, and if Tennessee can get a lead and hold it, well, Tennessee is one of those teams that they can ground and pound better than anybody in the league. I mean, you got Harry Kent, so you you know they they can certainly work the clock, hold on to the football, and keep it to a low score where they can come out ahead. They, that's what they do. That's that's how they win football games. That and their defense. So they're the they're the one team that is you know, them. I mean, you, Buffalo, I think will give me. But I, 
Tennessee's custom built to beat a high-scoring offensive team by keeping quarterbacks on the sidelines. That's what they do. Yep. And Derrick Henry is such a special talent. There's no question. I mean, he's big, powerful, but has some speed. I worry about about his longevity. I just don't. That's the only thing I can say that I worry about with that guy is because he does not run out of bounds. (laughs) Well, the reason he doesn't run out of bounds is because he has a stiff arm that should be banned in the NFL. (laughs) Just just like – just like I think they need to check those gloves that DeAndre Hopkins wear. Because have you seen some of the catches and how the ball looked like it just sticks to his hand? I mean, when that, that Hail Mary or the Hail Murray pass that he caught, yeah. did you did you notice how it looked like the ball and the glove was like magnetized? It's like the old days of the old Oakland Raiders. Right. right. Who was like that? Fred Belitnikov and Cliff Branch with the stickle. Yeah. Well, no. Who was the guy that there was another? Was it Lester? Uh, Lester? What was his name? He had all the stickum. Lester Hayes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all that stickum all over. But it was well, the back then. It was legal. They didn't. They didn't have a rule against that. So he just covered himself head to toe. You know, <laughs> come out there. And, and, and then I seen another catch that DeAndre Hopkins made, and it was like a one-handed grab, and it, the defender swiped at the ball, and DeAndre. It's like the ball would not. It's like the ball was glued. I'm like. Somebody check those gloves. And, you know, we're talking about extending life. You know, Ben, he was rejuvenated by, you know, what he's seen in Pittsburgh. Just like yeah. I feel that Larry Fitzgerald was rejuvenated by the acquisition of a DeAndre Hopkins, which means sure. he might even come back another year. Once they, because, yeah, this is DeAndre Hopkins' first year with the Cardinals. But yeah. I think they need an offseason, something that nobody had. I think they need an offseason, him and Kyler Murray during the offseason. Like, you know, do your own personal workouts, and then when y'all get to training camp, y'all got everything down pat. Because I believe they get that chemistry. No no, no question. question. Next year, we could be talking about the Cardinals making a Super Bowl run. They're not going to make one this year. They've got the they've got the pieces there, and they've got. I mean, you got a younger, you know, you got that kid. You got a younger kid, a quarterback. I get that. He's still learning. He's going to be learning for a while, you know, guys. But he's still good. He's got talent. You know, he's got a skill set, and you know, he's putting the numbers up. He's and he's showing leadership. I I agree. I I don't. I I, won't argue that. I refer to Kyler Murray as the Black Friend Tarkington because of how he's a scramble. Well, he can't. He's quick. He's got a he's got a rocket for an arm. Got a rocket for an arm. Yeah, and, and he's also just showing he's, he's a good decision maker for as young of a talent as he is. I mean, he's, you know, he's, of course, he's making some mistakes, but has the guys who Ben Roethlisberger makes mistakes. He's been in the league 20 years, you know. It, it, he's, but for, you know, he's not making the rookie errors that you see a lot of times with rookie quarterbacks. Not as much of them, not as many. I'll say that. Absolutely. Now, so here's another, it's interesting to know. Okay, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, what was, oh, I was just on the, oh, oh, I got it. Um, Kansas City in this potential run to repeat. I'll tell you, be careful about penciling them in, people. Be careful. Because, first off, it's difficult to repeat. It just is. I mean, unless you're the New England Patriots of the the last 15 years when when Brady was there, it's tough to to go back-to-back. It doesn't happen often. And, again, excluding the Patriots, and they're a fantastic run, but we're not going to see that again. Um, Not only that. Look at some of these games Kansas City's been involved in for the last three or four weeks. They're not winning by a lot. They're not blowing guys up. And that's and, why I come right. And that is why I come. We the 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 listening and viewing public, 
we're looking at this like Kansas City's not really blowing teams out. Like last year during this stretch, they were blowing teams out, but then come playoff, they had to play comeback. So yeah. well, and, and you know what Jimmy Johnson once said, and, and and he's not the only head coach that had this kind of genius. I mean, there are other coaches that have said this. Lombardi, I'm sure, has brought this up. But Johnson always said, and, and I believe and there's no question in my mind, he's right about this. And he said, Every football game, outside of games that are blowouts, games that are close, they all come down to one or two plays somewhere. It doesn't have to be at the end. It could be in the middle. It could be at the beginning. But if you analyze it and you look at the video, look at the tape, you can find that one or two plays that change the course of that ball game. And what Kansas City could be, could have trouble with is these, so far those plays have been going right for them. But it won't always go right for them. And they run into that one scenario in the playoffs postseason. It just takes that one bad play in a tight game. They could get eliminated. It's, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I know I'm not any genius saying, well, poorly, anybody could get eliminated. But I'm saying is the likelihood of that is a little higher than people want to admit. Well, all I can say is I'm not going to disagree. I can't say I'm going to agree, but I'm not going to disagree because We've seen this same Kansas City team the last few weeks been playing these nail-biter games. Yep. And the bottom line is, until somebody beats them, they're still defending champs, and they only got one loss on their record. And over the what? The last what? What, like, what's the record the last two years now? Yeah, okay, but they've also been beating up on the AFC West. And, and, you know, the Raiders have been the only team that's even stuck their head up in the AFC West. And we're not going to talk about the Raiders. (laughs) We're not going to talk about the Raiders. How do you find a way to lose a game in 20 seconds? What's that? How do you find a way to lose a game in 20 (laughs) seconds? But you know that you know what team in the, the I don't know, but you know what team in the AFC West is going to give Kansas City problems? It's going to be the Los Angeles Chargers. They're on their way back up. Um, that quarterback, that kid they got out of Oregon, uh, Herbert. Oh, Herb, God, yeah, good. Justin Herbert. Yeah, oh, that kid's good. And you know, speaking of Scotty Scott, you bring this up to him when, when next up when you have him on. I remember when I was running the table in Wichita when Herbert was coming out for the draft. I remember this, and I had Scotty Styles on. He was sitting in there on the at the table with me, and he, we were talking about the quarterbacks in the draft. And I said, the guy you want to keep your eye on right now is that Justin Herbert get out of Oregon. And Scotty, oh that guy, he plays in a pack. On the West Coast area. I said, watch that kid. He's got tools. Oh, whatever. Well, I'm just saying, I'm not, you know, I've miscalled my share of things. I'm not, you know, I'm not even going to sit here and tell you that I'm right all the time because I'm not. A lot of times I'm not. But on that one, I got that one. And I'm pretty sure you got that archive somewhere so you can pull it back up <laughs> yeah. and play it. Yeah. I'm just saying, he really raked me over the coals. Like, oh, yeah. they're out there in the pack with me. He's okay, but he's overrated. I don't like. Let me tell you something. That kid, as long as he stays healthy, Chargers are going to be legit. Yeah, uh, and I agree. Key thing is, you got to put the right pieces around him. Because sure. see here, see here, and, and I'm gonna get back to my college because I want to talk about that brawl okay. a little bit more. Right. But uh, okay. here, here's here's the difference between Tua and the situation he's in, and the situation that Josh. Hubert, and for that reason, Joe Burrow, prior to his injury, ran. Sure. Tua is not expected to carry that team on his shoulders. So he's basically pretty much just managed the ship, so to speak, because you have a decent team. 
Whereas sure. with Hubert and Burrow, they went to bad teams and they were expected to resurrect the dead. And sure. that makes a difference. Sure. It, no, you're right. It, it does. I was I was really sadly disappointed to see Burrow go down that early in the season because I thought you know he's not you know you can't put everything on a you know a rookie's going to come in. There's only so much rookie can do. He's not. You can't expect him to turn that program around this season. But you but he was showing some signs of getting something going there. He had a little something cooking in Cincy, and I think uh, when he comes back, they're going to build around him and. Since it will they be formidable again anytime soon? I mean, when's the last time they did it? You know, what, Chris Collinsworth <laughs> back in the eighties or something? You know, oh like, you know, well, let me see. They back doing Chris Collinsworth when they made a little Super Bowl run, didn't win, but they made a run. Yeah. And they then the under Marvin, under Marvin Lewis, they would always get to the first round and yeah. bow out yeah. gracefully. Yeah, it's it's been a minute. It's and been re- at least ten years. It's and remember, Dalton was the only quarterback I know in history to get benched on his birthday. Yeah. You know what though? He's having the last laugh right now. I mean, he's 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 being called the best backup quarterback in the league. He's a guy that will probably if he doesn't stay in Dallas, and I don't think they're going to keep him with with that coming back. I don't know. I can't imagine that they would. I, he's going to start somewhere next year. Well, I, I mean, there's no question. It almost. I, I was a doubter. There's one I'm wrong on. I was a doubter. I said that when they first when they put him in. I you remember me saying this? I don't. I said I don't put much faith in. Him. He's going to come in here. He's not. The system he's going to have to pick up. He said, this isn't Cincinnati. It's going to be different. I, you know, and he didn't look good his first couple of games. But all of a sudden, he started to make some things work. Yep. So, you know, I, I, he got me. He got me on that one. He did. All right. I got, I'm giving credit. So while we have like eight minutes left, let's get back into this brawl. I know you haven't, you haven't seen much of it. Maybe bits and pieces I've seen on some, I've video. Seen about five minutes. Put it. That's it. I didn't see all the aftermath. All of but that. I just saw the. The aftermath goes on like this. Uh, The players from Mississippi State went on their social media account, Instagram. Of course. And basically they were bragging about what they did. And one of the players was heard, yeah, look how I slammed this so-and-so, so-and-so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't hear Tulsa players doing it. That's why I come on, go back. I think this was a situation where the bowl committee got it wrong. Heck, I mean, if you want to just put a three and whatever team in there, well, get one of the service teams like a Air Force mm-hmm. or Navy. I'm pretty sure you would have had a more sportsmanlike game as opposed to. It certainly wouldn't have gotten ugly like that. I agree, and I, I but I, the same, I'm not, I got, I'm not big on judging kid, college kids on what they do on their on their social media in, in that situation because they're emotionally true. You got 20 year old kids that are just fired up, and it's just a very emotional situation. It's it's kind of like drunk texting somebody, and the next day you go, "What was I doing? <laughs> what was I thinking?" Like, Only, you know, yeah, I, I get you know, that, but in this situation though, I think they knew darn well what they were doing, and you in there celebrating what you did. Not not only do you win the game, but you but you win without integrity. You go in there in your locker room, you're on your Instagram, and you're up here bragging about how you body slam somebody, about how you kick somebody. Uh, yeah, that's a little bit different than drunk testing, Rick. Sorry to bust your bubble, but that's a little bit different than drunk testing. It's, it's, it's kind of the same in the sense that you're caught up in this moment and you just aren't thinking straight. You know, your your emotions are just on like you're going a thousand miles a minute because you just you just slugged it out. And you're still, you're not calmed down yet. And, and, and then, and you're still, you know, so you're not thinking clearly. I'm not, you know, and you're 20. 
you know, I mean, come on, come on. You, stuff that we did when we were even even our old, you know, we're old guys. We're I'm 52 years old. I I said when I was 20, I do, I think a lot differently now than I did when I was like 20 or 21. I you know who doesn't. It's it's a lot of that's a maturity issue. I do believe that. Well, even Mike Leach, when they asked him what his thoughts were on that, uh, basically in in Mike Leach fashion, he basically said, "I'll tell him don't do that no more. Yeah. No no sternness." He said it was stupid, but you know, basically. Mike Leach really didn't have nothing to say in the matter. Well, it, it, you have to wonder too. You have to look at what kind of what what kind of leadership are you know. A lot of that does reflect on leadership from the top, from head coaches and their assistants. I mean, it doesn't seem to me like they had a lot of control over what was going on. And I understand that you know when fights break out on the field, you know I don't care how good a coach you are. That's going to sometimes that happens. But I but it really got. I've never seen anything get that far out of control. Now I mean, it's been a long time. It's been I couldn't tell you the last time. I saw it. I mean, this. I mean, once it hit that threshold of, of coach, there was there was no controlling that, and that kind of you have to kind of leadership that does reflect on leadership of that program overall to some degree because you you think in terms of would that happen under a Bill Snyder led K State football team? I don't think it would have. You know what I mean? There's a difference, right? You know, you, you need any you know any coaches that. You go back and, you know, okay, Alabama, there's a good example. Um, um, why can't I not think of his name? The head coach Alabama, you guys, Saban. Saban, I don't yeah. Know that, I'm not saying that the guy is any more brilliant of a coach than any other coach, but he certainly, there is a certain element of leadership that he has that is a little more uh, more of a controlling environment. I think that, I'm not saying Alabama players wouldn't get into a brawl. Maybe they would, but I don't think it would have gotten that far out of control because, there's, you know, Saban's one of those guys that, you know, you, you, you jack around like that on my team, you're not going to be on it. You know, one of those kind of guys. Right. Exactly. Anthony Smith here. We're a train sports talk podcast. Your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right. Driven by you, the listener who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options. 99 cents a month, four ninety nine a month or nine ninety nine a month. We'll get your ad rant on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Want to enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels. Light, medium, and heavy. Only at www.cakeybums.com That's www dot c-a-k-e-y-b-u-m-s dot com www.cakeybums.com to enhance your workout with the resistance bands that everyone is talking about hey what's happening it's rick thomas with running the table and you already know you are on board the a train hang on for the ride So we are getting ready to effort this audio from Mike Leach. It says Mike, Mississippi State coach Mike Leach says he isn't going to lose his mind over the Bulldogs post-game brawl and adds that his team hasn't had any problems like this 
during the season. Duh. Of course not, probably. We've never had any right. problem with that the entire right. season. So, you know, I mean, I, I can only guess without seeing the film. But I know that prior to this game, we've never had any trouble with that. What's your message to the team, having seen that afterward? Uh, don't do it anymore, you know. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, well, it's just dumb, you know. And then there was some of that uh, stuff going back and forth in the course of the game, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, which any of it on our side I don't want to see because I feel like I got shorted, what, 15 yards, 30 yards on uh, deals where, you know, if we just keep our mouth shut, you know. As far as your squad, the season, and playing in a game like this, going into next year, finishing a season with COVID, your thoughts on what you learned about your squad, maybe even even yourself, when it, when it comes to finishing a year that we just had? Well, you just got to be persistent and adjust. You know, that's the most important thing, adjust and be persistent. And, you know, we had a young group, so we had a lot of space uh, to grow and uh and improve, and we're uh, still a long ways off, but we made a lot of progress. So those were the comments from Mike Leach talking about the game itself, talking about the brawl and how he said he felt shortage 15 or 30 yards because of some penalties or if they would have kept their mouth shut. He just seemed so nonchalant about the whole incident. Yeah, it's – you know, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, I, you know, I, I have to, it's, it's, you know, you have to look, it's one of those weird things too, because it's the final game of the season, obviously uh, that had to play some part of this. These players are thinking, you know what, what are they, what's, what's the worst they're going to, you know, what are you going to do to me? You're going to bench me tomorrow, next week. Well, we're done anyways. We're done. You know, season's over. Uh, you know, and, and, and again, it goes back to, you know, a, a Nick Saban or a Bill Snyder kind of guy, or any of those kind of guys like that. You know, even Oklahoma State's a Gundy, guys like that that would have some kind of disciplinary scenario where they would, where you as a player would know that if you went, if you acted up like that to that extent, you would, if you're coming, if you're not a senior and you're coming back next season, you're going to have to answer for this. And so you're less likely to go there. You know, I don't know that those types of systems were in place. These two teams. So, it, it, there is, yeah. it, it is concerning to me when you because that does to me to some degree. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but it reflects on leadership to some degree. And it, I mean, it just has to. Right. So let me ask you this because I was watching a little bit of the uh, Pac 12 basketball game between USC and Colorado. Of course, I can't think of who the other guy was, but one of the commentators, Bill Walton, the redhead. <laughs> yeah, he, sure. Bill Walton just annoys me, okay? I, but a, but they he's were a big showing advocate for marijuana usage. Right. I'm not I'm not getting into politics, but you have to wonder about his state of mind sometimes. Okay, <laughs> but they they showed some of that, and they said that was a real bad look on college football, and that those teams should be banned from bowl games should they make it next year. Do you really believe that, or do you think they should find out what the root of the problem was? Because like I say, even during pregame. It was almost hard to keep those teams separated, and that was before they had the pad zone. There obviously was some bad blood, and I don't know what the history is. There obviously had to be some kind of bad blood, and I don't know that it, it – but here's the thing. I kind of – this may sound strict to me, and this may sound harsh, but I, I, I'm i kind of okay 
with him saying, let's bar both of these, because this wasn't your average brawl. This wasn't usually in that scenario. It's half a dozen guys and they get it separated. And, it's, and at the end of the day, it comes down to a nucleus of a couple, three guys. This was, you well, you saw it. I mean, it's more so than I did. I mean, the entire benches were cleared. I mean, you know, every, almost every player on the, you know, on both sides was that some of the guys were kind of lagging in the back, not getting involved, but most of those guys, it was pretty, this thing was completely out of control. So, I'm not against the NCAA saying, you know what? Either one of you get to go to a, a, a and the reason I say this is because it's not about punishing that team or both of those teams as much as it is as setting the bar and letting the rest of the NCAA know this is how we deal with this. So next season, I don't care if you play for UCLA, um, the University of Minnesota, uh, I, Alabama, I don't care if you play for Notre Dame, Texas, K-State, where it doesn't matter. If you're in this, if you're in the conference, if you're in the NCAA and you act up like that, you risk getting your team booted out of a future bowl game. So think about that before you run out and do something like this. That to me isn't a bad thing. I think I can deal with that a little bit. But like I say, I will have an investigative team to see what was the root cause of it. And I'm going to go as far as to even before the game, because if it comes back that Mississippi State actually really instigated this whole thing, I think their punishment is going to be just a little bit more severe than Tulsa. Because, matter of fact, there was an instance, if you've seen some of the footage of it, where it's like there were 10 guys dogpiling on one Tulsa player. So I'm I'm a, I'm a little. What's interesting to me is the footage that I saw. It, it, it didn't. I, I, what's it, what stood out to me was I didn't. Usually in those scenarios, you will have some cool-headed players that will try to stop this before it gets out of control. And I didn't see that. I didn't see any play. Usually you get. It's, it's, you know. Usually you'll see. Uh, it'll be two or three guys that are at the at the heart of it, and the re- and other teammates from both sides will get around them and try to stop this before it gets too out of control. That's not what we saw. They all just jumped in. I mean, that was just a melee. Yes, it was. And like you I know, say, let me ask you this: it's comparable. It's very comparable to something we saw happen in a KU case. It was a KU K State game, right? Basketball, basketball game. Yeah, and I, I could tell you the exact scenario you're talking about. It was toward the end of the game. KU was basically dribbling out the clock. Yeah. And one of the K State players, I guess it's an unwritten rule that says, "No, you're not supposed to steal it and go in for a layup." And one of the KU players, he blocked the shot and stood over the player, and that Taunted instigate, him a little bit. Yeah, he ended up pick, that same player ended up picking up a chair like he was going to swing it. See, and I, I, I don't, I don't make a comparison as far as the amount of people involved. This was, you know, the key, obviously basketball. You you got, you got, you know, fifteen guys out there compared to how many in football. But, but the comparison is that I think if, if the 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 Big Twelve. And that's, and I don't know what they what the punishment was for that, but they needed to make an example out of both of those schools. They needed to they needed to lay down the law and say, look, this okay, we're going to be harsh because we're not having guys picking up chairs and throwing them at people. I don't care who you are, or who you play for, that doesn't happen. And if it does, you're you're going to you're sitting out a game or you're sitting out three games, whatever. Both guys, whatever the case may be, because you have to make these individuals think before they take that action. Absolutely. You know, you have to have you have to have it embedded in their minds that there are solid consequences that are not fun. If I pick up that chair, you know, it's it's you know, I I, I may not you know, I, I may not get charged with a crime, but it's but I'm certainly 
going to sit out a few games because it's mandatory if I do that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sit out a few games, so I'm going to put I'm going to leave that chair alone. Absolutely. So one of the things I'm looking at right now as we are speaking. Well, let me see what else is coming up here. Okay. So Tulsa and the AAC promise review of Mississippi State Bowl Brawl. <laughs> so this is a and what and what makes this what makes this even more compelling is the fact of the matter is look at the type of bowl game it was. It was the armed forces bowl. Well, here's the thing you and I both know. There are going to be things that come out about it. We don't know right now. It's too. This is just happening. There's going to be stuff that leaks over the next several few days, week or two, whatever. But we just don't know right now. We haven't heard about it yet. I found out about it yet. There will be elements of this, and it will come down to. And I, I can almost perceive that it'll come down to there's probably some kind of an incident pregame, mm-hmm. maybe earlier in the season. I don't know. Maybe this started. It was a social media feud. I don't know. But there's something going on there. That we right. So, and, and here's part of this article right here. Just in case you know, just in case you didn't know, I did personally start another segment. But it says a massive brawl broke out in the moments following the Armed Forces Bowl on Thursday, marring Mississippi State's 28-26 win against Tulsa in Fort Worth, Texas. It is unclear what sparked the fight, which included kicking and punching and involved several members from both teams. What started with some shoving near midfield during the postgame handshake spilled toward and down one of the sidelines. Both Tulsa and its conference, the AAC, said it would review what happened and hand out discipline if warranted. It says, we take this incident very seriously and will respond appropriately after the review is complete, Tulsa said in the statement. The well, AAC, that's fair. That's fair right. enough. I, I'm the, okay with that. Okay. The AAC said it was disappointed its highest standard of sportsmanship was not met. Well, to that, I say there's a reason for that. It says we will work with the University of Tulsa to conduct a thorough review of the altercation pursuant to our conference code of sportsmanship process and expect that the university will respond accordingly, Commissioner Mike uh, Arsco said. Mississippi State coach Mike Leach, and I played his comments earlier, said he wasn't sure what caused the fight. He said it's dumb. The root of it is dumb, no matter what the root of it is. The root of it is dumb. That's all he can say. And the continuation yeah. of it, it's dumb, he said. He said, I would have that solidly in category of dumb. Now, where the dumb started, I'm not entirely sure. If that doesn't sound like Mike Leach. Coach yeah. coach, Philip Montgomery also did not provide a reason for what started the brawl. The one thing I'll say is our program, our guys, we're a team that is going to stand up for each other. And we're going to battle, Montgomery said. We talked about faith, family, football, and family is going to take care of family. We're a team that has battled all year long. We battled again today. And from that standpoint, our guys are going to continue to protect each other and go from there. Leach said a group of Tulsa players circled around the Mississippi State pregame warm-ups and were talking, but we wouldn't speculate further about what might have caused things to escalate. I haven't seen enough film or anything like that to entirely let us off the hook on this thing by any stretch, he said. Okay, whatever. After the pregame incident, the game was chippy. The teams combined for 18 penalties. Tulsa safety, Kendarian Ray, was being helped off the field as things calmed down. 
I think he was probably some version of a concussion, and we'll leave it at that, Montgomery said. So that's the report on Tulsa and Mississippi State, but that Mike Leach character. And remember, he yeah. was in the Big 12 for a little bit when he was at Texas Tech, I do believe. Well, that sounds right. And, you know, that does seem to ring a bell. And honestly, you know, scenarios like that, I mean, I, you know, I played my share of organized athletics in high school. Never, never played, obviously, Division I college. But I do know, and I've been, I've been on a football field when I, was, when I was a young stop nose running around playing to know that there is a lot of truth to that. It's just that's common sense. Um, you know, your football team is your family. And somebody goes at them. You're going to you're going to defend your family. You're going to come to their aid. That's you know that's just natural. You're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference here, though, I think, is this was such a powder keg that I don't. There was a lot more going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. They, there was I don't know if it was personal issues. I don't know. I don't know. Well, but you, you're you know somebody might have been playing dirty. There might he might have been getting into that kind of stuff going on during the game. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But and here's the thing that's so baffling about it. You would expect something like that between, say, I'm just going to use hypothetically, Auburn, Alabama. Why? Because you got kids at, at both schools that probably either went to high school together or they went to rival high schools. So you would expect sure. something like that. You would sure. even expect something like that in Oklahoma, Oklahoma State or Oklahoma, Texas, for that reason, because you get recruits from both because states going to both schools. Rappers, but right. there is no connection whatsoever well, between Mississippi and Tulsa. We don't know that, though. And unless the, unless the fact that. that maybe Mississippi yeah. looks at Tulsa like, oh, oh, so y'all the other school that's trying to play football in Oklahoma. Well, you're we're, forgetting, you're we're from forgetting the SEC. One, you're forgetting a huge key element of this. And, and, and that is, is, this is not the world that you and I grew up in. We, social media connects everybody. And there's who knows what could have been flying going on between these, you know, you, you know, you, I mean, you could do a simple Google search of, of any player on either side and find out stuff and go after them on social media. This, I mean, it happens well, I, all the time. I'm definitely and going on Instagram. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You, you know, who, who knows? I mean, I don't, I, I'm willing to bet there probably was some stuff going on social media wise between these two teams at some point, maybe not a lot, but it doesn't take much of that scenario. The wrong things posted, the wrong person says the wrong thing about one. You know how this goes. This builds. <laughs> By Uh-oh. the time you game day, it's a powder keg. I, I have to pause for this moment and say officially, Happy New Year. Oh, it is that time. It is that time. <laughs> and right about now, I have a bottle. Yes, I could say. I have a bottle of St. Brendan's Irish cream. And I'm getting, I'm getting ready to take me a sip right now while we're doing this. Happy New Cheers. Salute. Happy New mm. Year. Cheers. Happy New Year. <laughs> so it is officially 2021, 2021. Yeah. January the 1st. And I'm yes. on here doing a podcast with my friend and my brother, as he said, brother from another mother. Absolutely. Rick Thomas from Running the Table. Right. Thank you so much. I'm honored to have you here. And man, we have brought, we talked out the old year and talked into the new year. 
yeah, yeah. It's awesome. You know what? I'm sitting here. I'm, I, I, I live two blocks from Aggieville. I get, there's fireworks going off like crazy right now in Aggieville. I, I'm it's, out here. I'm out here in Willow Bend, and I just heard some fireworks going off too. I'm yeah. glad it's fireworks and not earthquakes because we've been yeah. getting our share of them around here. Exactly. It's yeah. a good point. We've become the earthquake capital of the. How did that happen? What's going on there? Which I see this all over my social media. Pages. Well, you How, you know, I, you know, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to even go. We'll, we'll talk about that off the air because see, my <laughs> mindset on that is totally different than what man says. Okay. <laughs> my mindset on that is it's what the Bible said, okay? Yeah. In these last days. But see, that, that'll that create a whole another ruckus. So we'll talk about that off the air because sure. I'm I'm not I'm that one. I'm not going to let man take all the credit for what the good Lord said was going to happen in the latter days. And we're sure. living in those days, okay? Yeah. So <laughs> that's my spill on that, okay? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, it's it's a sign of the end times if Cleveland makes a deep run into the playoffs. That's a sign of the end times. <laughs> that part I didn't read in the Bible. Oh, and, and you know, speaking of that, a friend of mine, I can say his name. His name is James Carr. He's the brother of Antoine Carr, and he likes to post sure. up on his Facebook page and he comes across my news feed. So yeah. he was like, who had the best nickname? So he listed people like the Glove. And he's from the NBA. He had the Glove, the Mailman. Sure. Uh, Air Jordan. Then he yeah. said, then he threw in there King James. Talking about LeBron well, James. Sure, sure. So, you know what my response to that being funny and being halfway serious? Yeah. I said, King James ain't a nickname. King James is a Bible version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, wait, 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 wait. I got one for you. How about this one? Clyde the Glide. Clyde the Glide. I like that one. Clyde the Glide Drexel. Dr. Oh, yeah. J. <laughs> yeah. Julius Irving. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, you know, of course, I, you know, well, you know, magic. I mean, magic. That's a giving, you know. But, um, I, you know, I, there's a ton of them. There's a ton of them. I, I always, I go back to, I love the mailman. I love watching him play. And I love, I just, that's a great name. You can't, that's all the mailman. He delivers. <laughs> I yeah. Love it. Love it. So, there, you know, you, we've been talking about these bowls. We've just been bouncing a lot of stuff around. I'm, I'm going to love this podcast because basically it's going to be real simple to put my description what this is. On the phone with Rick, talking out to, oh, you're bringing a new year. Sure. But, uh, okay, let me see here. OU loses second QB in month as Morris to transfer. I guess that means that the Sanders, the Spencer Rattler kid is their quarterback of now in the future. He looked, he looked but, good. He but, looked good against Florida. Right. I mean, but, he did. And here's my thing with Florida, and, you know, there's going to be some pushback. You know, the reason OU won this game because Florida didn't have all their weapons. Okay, last I checked, last I checked, there's a difference between offensive players and defensive players. Okay, now I get the offensive side of it. Yes, you were missing some key weapons, but – you didn't say nothing about no key weapons missing no defense. Your defense just basically tanked on you. The defense tanked, and you know who was, it was. I want to say it was their tight end, right? It's one of the key guys that he's opted out. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. Kyle, he opted out to go Kyle Pitts, yeah. right? And I don't, was, that, was that his reasoning? I just had something to do with, I, I don't understand. Was he just worried about injury? He just, you know, is that what it was? I, uh, yeah, I, mean, I believe he's ready 
you know, for the pursuit of the NFL. Well, yeah, but does, so you can't play the final game, but you can't play the bowl. I don't get that at all. I mean, unless you're worried. I, about hey, that. I don't get it either, but it's something that the NCAA allows. So, hey, it, it, it has a way of biting teams. And Cal Trask basically I, looked. I, I, just, I, I think that's, I think that's. Pardon my friends, but bowl. Well, I, I, I'm not. I'm not going to cuss on your podcast, but it's it's crap. It's crap. It, it, right. It, it I'll, I'll say it for you. That's bull sugar honey iced tea. Yeah, because because you rode the coattails of that nationally recognized program all season, so that you could build your stats and get a good draft position, and then when they need you the most at their bowl game, you opt out. That's crap. I don't. I. Yeah. I just. You know, if you were going to pull that, but you were. Then I, I don't know. I just, I, you, I'm not, I'm either all in or all out. Don't come to me and be in until your bowl game and then sit out. I, I just, oh, man, you know, I, sorry. I, I just, I, I don't respect that at all. If that's what happened, now, I don't know. You may have had other reasons. We don't know. I don't know. Never know. But, yeah, yeah so, yeah, that was a, a total annihilation. But that's the only thing I hate about games like that, when a team looks totally dominant, like, I mean, oh, you rushed for over 400 yards on them. <laughs> oh, crushed them on the I mean, crushed them on the ground. I mean, just, <laughs> just, just oh, basically yeah. random steamroll, like like yeah. the Jazz Group Mannheim steamroller. It, it was reminiscent of what Baltimore did to Dallas when they, when, when, when they you know, who's uh, Baltimore's quarterback, Lamar uh, uh, Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Was just crushing them on the ground. He was, Dallas had no run defense in that game. I don't know where they, I, I think they stayed home. I, I don't know. But I don't know if you watched that. That was miserable defense. Right. It was horrific. They turned it around some since, obviously. But that was just, I mean, they were, Baltimore was just running. They're running straight up the middle for 30 yards. It's like the Dallas defense decided to take the day off, I guess. So so let me ask you this question, and then we'll bring this to a wrap. Okay. Because, you know, the, the NCAA is allowing players to come back next year. So basically, this year is like a free year. It's about in the uh, for football. You talking about football, football and I believe basketball as well too. So are they going to? They're going to allow players from last year's like because there was no March Madness. So are they going to allow seniors from last year to come back? But no, they're not going to go that far back no. because, like, if that was the case, I wouldn't mind seeing Jamie Echenique back in the shocker uniform. But like, <laughs> like this current team that they have, everybody's eligible to come back the next okay. year. Okay, fair enough. So let me ask you this. Who's that advantageous to? Is it more of an advantage in college football or is it more of an advantage in college basketball? Because remember, in college basketball, you get only so many scholarships. Basketball. And what would, I mean. Basketball by far. And, basketball by far. And the reason I. Basketball is a game that one or two players can make all the difference. Football is not that game. One player, unless you're just, you know, unless you're a Derrick Henry, you're just not going to, you're not a, you can't, you're not a, a one-man wrecking machine in football. It's a, they, basketball, one prominent player can turn the fortune of a program. Uh, basketball by far. So what does that do as far as for recruiting then in basketball? Let's say the whole team does decide to come back. Mm-hmm. And let's say you have a, four-star recruit that's looking at your program, but there's no scholarship left for them unless say, well, no, because see, even your walk-ons, they don't count against the scholarship. So now in Wichita State, now now, in Wichita State situation, 
the Wichita State situation never be to the advantage of uh, Coach Isaac Brown because while you're trying to put your stamp on this program and this current group of players, this this current group of players, they decide we're going to rally around Coach. We're going to come back. Well, hey, this team knows him. He knows the team. And they come back next year, and they're ready to just steamroll over people, providing everybody comes back. So I can see how it could be. There's decisions that are going to have to be made for those roster spots in that scenario. That's an interesting question. I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. Um, It's 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 you're going to. What do you do? Do you take that kid that's busted his butt and he's going to be a sophomore next year and he worked his rear end off to just get us just maybe get some minutes next year? Do you cut him? send him to go somewhere else to make room for one of these guys coming back. I, that's, I don't know, man. That's tough, man. I don't know. You know? So, yeah, it, 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 it's a head scratcher. Now I'm pretty sure if you're K state, you probably don't want none of those players to come back. No. <laughs> <laughs> I better stop. I better stop before I get Rick in trouble. Big 12 big 12. And I don't, you know, if you're if you're talking KU basketball, I, I'm okay with that. All right. So before we get off of here, give me a bold prediction, not for the college football playoff, but I'm gonna give you a sleeper game, and I want your prediction. Right now, the line is at minus seven in favor of Georgia, but Georgia versus Cincinnati. Who you got? You know that stuff, Georgia. They're they're not ACC. They're SEC, right? SEC. I I you know what? And this is just I I like that that the SEC to me is still the strongest conference in college football. I don't care. Florida Florida's not ACC, right? They're SEC. SEC, right? So even though Florida got their rear ends handed to them by Oklahoma, Oklahoma is a solid program. I'm not I'm not going to hang that on the SEC. I like Georgia just from the, that conference is just stronger. Now that's nothing against Cincinnati. I will see. But I like George all day on that one. I'm going to take Cincinnati minus three. Okay. All right. Because this, 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 this to me, this is one of those games. Georgia could come in with the mentality, we have nothing to prove in this game. True. True. I mean, it's it's so the pre- so the pressure actually really is more on Georgia than it is oh, on boy. Cincinnati. Because about the only thing people right because the only thing people are going to say about Cincinnati is this. All right, here we got you a formidable team to play against. Now go out and prove your worth. And Georgia may and Georgia may come in and be like, hey, you know, they may have some players opt out, and I'm gonna hate that too because if Cincinnati puts a good beating on them, then it's gonna always come back. Well, the only reason Cincinnati won that game was because. Georgia didn't have this player, or Georgia didn't have that player. No, I want Georgia to be at full strength, and I want Georgia to come ready to play the game because, hey, like Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. You get punched in the mouth. And, you know, football is one of those games that I don't believe that just a few players make that big of a difference. There, there, With the exception of maybe the quarterback position, um, you know, there's certainly something to be said about, you know, that kid out of Clemson right now that's going to go to Trevor Lawrence. You know, the guy that's backing him up is not anywhere near his skill set. We saw that when when Clemson lost to uh, – who was it that beat? Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. They had to do it in overtime, though, to do it. 
nothing against Notre Dame, but let's you know, if Trevor Lawrence played that game, Notre Dame would not. We we know this, right? But what I'm saying, what I'm, I, I guess the difference is position wise, that's probably the only position in football that I could say does make a difference is your starting quarterbacks. But outside of that, nothing again. Most 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 of skill set positions, the guy that's right behind him is pretty close talent wise. It's not far away from him. There's not that much of a differentiation. There is when it comes to quarterback play. Mm-hmm. But I, so I don't, I've never been one that buys the argument of, well, so and so this tight end and, and this offensive tackle were out. And that was, the guys that are behind them are not that far off of them. I, you can't, yeah. I, you know, I, and, and I do agree with you that I do hope they are full strength because yeah. I don't want to see any excuses anyway, period. I'm All right. Well, okay. Well, Rick, I got about a minute and 10 okay. seconds left. So I'm going to say I thank you for joining my podcast. And before I let you go, I have to say yeah. this. I like that liner, but you're going to have to make me another one without the text message notification going off. But I like <laughs> I like the liner because I, I insert it every time I do a show. Right. But ladies and gentlemen, once again, Rick Thomas from Run the Table. Check him out on his podcast, aptly named Run the Table. Once again, I thank you for being on my podcast. I thank you for letting me hold you hostage for the last hour and a half. We talked out the old and the new. So on the count of three, we're going to tell our listeners. Happy New Year. So All let's right. do that again on the count of three. Right. One, two, three. Happy, Happy New, Year. New Year. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Thomas from Run the Table. And this is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, shutting down the engine. Until next time, be blessed. Be a blessing.